John chapter 16, uh, we're going to be in verse 33 in Philippians 1 and 6. We're going to be in the Amplified Classic Edition again. And it, and it reads, uh, John 16, 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. I know we calmed today, but that should have made you shout just a little bit right there. He didn't did everything for you. you all you got to do is cheat off his paper. But it's 8 o'clock. ain't at 11 o'clock, y'all. At least y'all pay y'all tithes. <laughs> Philippians 1, 6 says, And I'm convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return. Developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. Lord, I ask for you to, to bring a word for your people right now, a word to uplift us, a word to purge us, a word to take us to the next level. We thank you, Lord, for the good ground of our hearts to receive this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As you take your seats, I want to speak to you from the subject, Are We There Yet? Are we there yet? God wants us to live in his divine provision. Therefore, we should allow him to lead and guide us to the place of his blessings, the place where we will live the good life he has prearranged and made available to us. When we are where he wants us to be, we will have peace regardless of the situation. We will be able to accomplish more because we will have the favor that comes only from his blessing. That is why it is imperative that we acknowledge him first before choosing where we live. So, while God has his part to play when we are planning to move, we cannot forget that we have a part to play as well. Our part is to trust him while using godly wisdom uh, in the practical steps. As we proceed to do our part by actually looking for a home, we must avoid the temptation to rush. When we rush and are overly anxious, we cannot hear from God. I've already made it crystal clear how critical it is for our success of a Christian to remember to pray and allow the Holy Spirit, who is our helper, to direct us in every decision we make. It is equally important to remember to allow peace to be our confirmation. We should allow peace to be our umpire, while which requires us spending time alone with the Holy Spirit in prayer. When we are considering where to live, often everything will seem to line up logically. However, we may not have peace on the inside. Even though things may seem to be perfect on the outside, the Holy Spirit knows all things seen and unseen. There may be a situation or challenge awaiting us that we cannot see with the natural eye or the timing may be wrong because God knows all things. We must trust him with our lives so that we can avoid disaster. Therefore, when there is an absence of peace, 
we should consult the Holy Spirit for his advice and wisdom. And until we have peace, we must not hesitate to put everything on hold. The other critical part of deciding where to live is deciding which church to attend. God cares first and foremost about your spiritual well-being. Some people choose where they want to live first and then decide which church they will attend. However, that is not the proper order. First, we must locate the church God has called us to. We must consider whether or not our service to God will be hindered or enhanced. Here are two important questions you need to ask yourself when you're planning uh, concerning our spiritual growth when planning to relocate. Will I be able to focus on my spiritual growth while adjusting to a new job and a new city? Is where I plan to move and the job I choose going to pull me away from God and the things of God? See, I know we pray for our food, but I need somebody got to hear this. Once we pray and bring our consideration before the Lord, the next thing we should do is wait to hear from him. We should wait for clearance from the Holy Spirit before putting our plan into action. This means taking our time and not rushing through the process of hearing from him. Too often people act out of excitement, hastiness, and the promise of opportunities before hearing from God. And many times, because of their own desires, some people convince themselves that they've heard from God and proceed to relocate. Unfortunately, in most cases, they learn the hard way that they miss God. God has an appointed time for you to be in a certain place. And if you rush, you run the risk of missing his best for your life and putting yourself on a detour. In order to avoid wasting out your time, money, and energy, trust him to lead you into the place of his blessing. Seek him and wait on his answer. Come on, somebody. You know, we might pray to God, but do you wait? Consider the first place of blessing, the Garden of Eden, where God made man. Adam and Eve were blessed and empowered because they were in the place God ordained them to be. They had plenty to eat, and they didn't even have to work. They could sit down there and relax, sip on some Mai Tais, didn't have to till the ground. They had it made, didn't have to go to work, and the ground just gave them what the ground was supposed to give them. No bugs, no flies, no mosquitoes. Come on, somebody. No gnats, no roaches. No thorns, no thistles. But as a result of sin... They messed everything up. They were completely changed because they were no longer in the place of empowerment. Things that never existed in the Garden of Eden before became reality in their lives. They had to work hard and till the land in order to eat. Childbearing became painful experience, a painful experience, and they would have to deal with the constant harassment from the devil. But look at this. In Genesis 13, Abraham's nephew Lot left his place of empowerment, and later experienced tragedy because of where he chose to live. As long as Lot abided with Abraham, he was as blessed as Abraham. However, because their herdsmen began to strive against one another, the two men decided to part ways. I don't know about you, but you better not let no ignorant person mess your blessing up in your relationship up with a man or woman of God who's going somewhere. You better stop dealing with some jealous-minded folk that'll mess you up because of Lot's herdsmen, because his herdsmen was arguing with Abraham's herdsmen, because they felt like maybe Abraham was more blessed than Lot, but Lot had to realize you blessed because you 
you hanging around Abraham. Some of us need to understand that we hang around some people and just because we in their proximity, God has given us, come on somebody, the overflow. You better be, y'all, come on somebody, you better not let nobody run you out of your church because they crazy. You better go sit in another chair. It don't matter where you sit. The microphone is everywhere. Gerald got the, the microphone covered surround sign. Stop worrying about people and stop letting them move you out of your blessing. You're going to quit your job because somebody in the next cubicle don't like you. Do they write you a check? Don't let nobody move me out of the way of my blessing because they crazy. I ain't got nothing to do with you. And Lot, in, in Genesis 13, 10 through 11, it says, And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of the Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as though comest unto Zor, it was bad. Then Lot shows him all the plain of of, of of the Jordan and Lot journeyed east and they separated themselves, the one from the other. He chose the nice looking land right outside of Sodom and Gomorrah. When Lot surveyed the land, all he considered was how fertile it was, how, how it appeared to flourish. He believed it would be, be perfect, uh, the perfect place to relocate and settle his family. Everything he thought he needed to succeed in life would be at his disposal. His decision was based on what looked good to his eyes and appealed to his senses. It looked like a prosperous region, and it seemed to be a good business decision considering his livelihood. But it proved to be a poor moral decision that cost Lot his wife and almost cost him his own life. The region was located right outside of Sodom and Gomorrah, which were the cities full of immorality and perversion. Ultimately, he and his family ended up having to be rescued, and his wife died in the process of trying to escape God's judgment on the city. Stop trying to go where you can make the most money. Go where God tells you to go, because God will open the windows of heaven and part of the blessing you won't have room to receive as long as you in covenant with him. Stop chasing money and chase your vision. When you chase your vision, you get God's provision. People called me crazy when I left Atlanta, when I left Gladys, and I said, I'm going to catch that midnight train to Georgia, to Virginia. They said, you're making six figures over here. You're about to go down there and take a pay cut. You're about to leave your real estate company. You're about to leave all this money. I said, yes, because that's what God told me to go. And, Lord, if I look back over my life and look at everything God has given me, I make more now here than I made in the ATL. Y'all better watch out and do what God tells you to do because when you planted what God wants you to be planted, can't no demon in hell stop your blessing. There's some crazy folk in here that tried to make me leave. <laughs> but I ain't gonna let nobody move me from my blessing. What's wrong with you? Let somebody move you from your blessing. See, some of you think that it's supposed to be perfect where you are. It ain't going to never be perfect because you there. I'm, put, I'm there. We all human. We all flow. Nothing is perfect. I ain't going to go back to church because they be acting a fool and they're acting a fool at your job. Did you go get your check? 
could something like this happen to a man who thought he was making the right decision? It happened because Lot rationalized his decision and forgot the main ingredient. Acknowledging God and allowing him to lead and guide him to his place of blessing. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Not just when you eat your steak. People will slap your fork out your hand. You better pray. But then pray for the job they took. I ain't going to lie, I pray before I go to Waffle House. When I decide I'm going to Waffle House, I pray. Because I be like, man, it's, why am I even going here, Lord, please? <laughs> Look, God may tell us to go to a particular place, or his instructions may be for us to stay where we are. In either case, we must obey God. When we don't, we forfeit the blessing he has made available to us. When we obey him, we walk in the blessing and God's provision is seen. For instance, the prophet Elijah was led by God to a specific place where God sustained him. 1 Kings 17, 2 through 4 says, And when the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook of Cherith, that is before the Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. The first thing we see in verse 2 is that the word of the Lord came to Elijah concerning where he was supposed to be. Elijah received instruction from God and was expected to obey. Can I tell y'all something? I, I just got to give you the background of the text. That was a famine in the land when God told him to go to the brook. And it was a famine in the land because he the one made it not rain no more. And so God told him to go hide at the brook. Which means he hiding him right where all the Egyptians going to go get water. Ain't that crazy? But God told him to hide there. Just like God, go tell you how I'm the police in the middle of the police station. Chief Drew looking for you. Go hide at, Chief, at, at headquarters. I'm going to feed you there. <laughs> huh? He can. And he did. And, and the Lord told him to go to the brook because the ravens had been provided by God to feed him there. When Elijah arrived at the certain brook, his needs were met. The funny thing is that ravens are greedy birds. In fact, you don't see a group of ravens unless it's food. They usually roll by themselves with one other person. They don't like other ravens either. They're greedy. In fact, if you see a group of ravens, they are, the group of ravens are called unkindness. Google it. They're called unkindness. So if you see a group of ravens, they look at them like they look at a group of black folk. Unkindness. <laughs> how they do? You know how they do. Let's keep it 100. <laughs> they scared. You got all them group of ravens together. Something must be wrong. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but God used the ravens to feed him and hid him in plain sight of Herod, who was mad, Pharaoh, who mad at him. 
Ahab, I mean. Who mad at him? He hit him right there. They're like, hiding you from Dre and say, go sing in the choir. <laughs> Dre won't find you there. <laughs> God will tell you to do some things that don't make sense. When you hear his voice and he gives you peace, don't worry about anybody else. It made no sense to anybody that I left my principal job, that I left my real estate company and came here. It made no sense to a place that had me on a year probation, but God told me to go. Come on, somebody. Uh, let me get out of here. After Elijah had been sustained by the ravens, Verse 7 says, and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. When this happened, Elijah went back to square one. He began seeking God for guidance. Just because the place dried up don't mean God never called you there. Uh, see, y'all see, 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 be getting mad because the place dried up and you get mad because you felt like you didn't hear from God. No, you heard from God, but God wants you to become more sensitive because he puts you back in square one to see if you're going to seek him again. When I dry it up, will you move when I say move again? Or will you get so comfortable sitting on your backside with ravens coming and feeding you and you didn't have to go do anything at all? Will you really move when I say move or will you get mad? offended and miss your blessing. He knew, Elijah knew he needed another set of instructions from God to get where he was supposed to be next. Like Elijah, we will always need a word from the Lord in order to get to the place we're supposed to be. That place called there. Yeah, see, see, it's the place not called New Beach Grove. The place not called Newport News. The place not called New York. The place is called there because there may move somewhere else because when God tells you to move, you got to move. People ask me all the time, how long you going to stay at New Beach Grove when I first got there? How long will you go there? I'm going to go wherever God tells me to go. You don't go where you need it. You go where you are assigned. And when you go where your assignment is, you will begin to bless people around you and God will bless you. Everybody want to run to this emergency and that emergency. Don't worry about the emergency. Where are you assigned to be? They kept calling me for port. I didn't want to mess, Reverend, mess with Reverend Walden because I knew he had his son. They want to mess with Donna because I couldn't mess with her no way because she was in Maryland. Reverend Rose helped me out a little bit, but the thing was, Y'all need to handle it because I'm assigned to get this word together because I hadn't had it together. So I can't keep coming up here running for an emergency because that's not my assignment. Y'all don't hear me. Some of us miss our assignment because we run into emergencies instead of running to what we're supposed to be. And when you root it where you're supposed to be, you can handle more than all the emergency because when you root it where you're supposed to be, God, oh, y'all don't hear me. You make more of an impact where you're assigned and where you're supposed to be than where you're needed. In fact, I'm sure you're needed at your assignment. It may not look like it, but wherever you're assigned, you're needed. Even though when other places look like they need you more, if God didn't say go there, stay where you are. Y'all don't hear me. I appreciate you. We should keep in mind 
that even when the Holy Spirit leads us to that place of blessing and provision, the enemy, the enemy will try to create situations that will bring feelings of hurt and offense. An example, church believers getting fed every day at a church didn't feel like they was offended. You know, some folk get offended so easy. Some folk get offended when you move them somewhere else because they're more equipped over there and get offended that you're disrespecting them. Because some folk can't handle, oh, y'all don't hear me. Some people going to get easily offended and they miss their blessing. Can me tell you something? Now, church folk will offend you. Yeah, they will. Sit in the seat they think they paid for. They don't even tie talking about they own a seat. Let me look at your tithing record. You don't own nothing. <laughs> see, see, you, you, you. See, the, the truth is, God never promised a life without troubles. Right? Jesus said that this world we live in, we will have tribulation. However, our faith in God's love for us and his grace ensures our victory. He already told us he already beat the, 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 the devil for us. He already said that this world got tribulation, but I already destroyed it for you. All you got to do is walk it out. Yes, you're going to have some persecution. Yes, you're going to have some losses. Yes, you're going to have some failures. Yes, you're going to have some setbacks. Yes, you're going to have some sicknesses. Yes, you're you're going to have some diseases. Yes, you're going to get your feelings hurt. But at the end of the day, I've already overcame the world for you. And all you got to do is keep pressing toward the mark of my holy call. And you shall be victorious. The battle is already over. I won it before the foundation of the world was made. I was crucified. I'd already died for you. Oh, I'm trying to talk to somebody. The Bible Records the story of Joseph and how he experienced many hardships while he was in the place God called him to be. For instance, Joseph was sold into slavery by his own brothers, thrown in jail for a crime he didn't commit. Through it all, Joseph remembered the covenant God had with him, and he trusted the Lord. All of these situations perfected his character and prepared him. Can I tell you something? You don't learn nothing in good times. I already told you good times. I don't even know why they called it good times because they ain't never had no good times. They always had bad times. Go watch good times. Have you ever seen a good time on there? Maybe two minutes or 30 minutes. When they really had a good time and all of them moved in the condo, the show ended. <laughs> Why? Because you don't learn nothing in good times. You learn through trials and tribulations. You learn through failures and setbacks. You learn through when you get disappointed by people that you thought was on your side. You get you you grow when you get pressed and purged and torn and broken. That's when you grow. He was perfecting his character. And the same place he got the most hate in is the same place he got blessed. The same place that they bruised and blooded him. The same place that threw him in jail. The same place that put him in jail for a crime he didn't commit. The same place that forgot that he could interpret dreams. The same place that threw him into slavery. God lifted him up and blessed him. What if he would have got offended and left? Hold on, time out, time out. This man, 
was thrown into slavery, put in jail, was a slave in this place, was thrown in jail in this place, <laughs> yet he became second in command and saved everybody. What if he would have got offended? Can, can, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Uh, some black folk going to get mad at me. They really are. But Marcus Garvey, he said, let's go, but he ain't never leave. Got quiet. Black history moment is in March. Glad I ain't said it in February. But let me tell you something. Don't you let nobody run you out of nowhere. I don't care if it's America. I don't care if it's your job. I don't care if it's your house. I don't care where it is. When God has a blessing for you, it's for you. If he told you to stay there. Man, I stopped calling my mama every now and then and telling her all the hell that that church I used to pastor was putting me through because she would get mad and say, you need to just come on home. So I had to stop dealing with her about that because my mama come cut you. She'll find you. I know she can't see, but she will find you. <laughs> she will find you. I don't know how she do it, but she'll find you. <laughs> Jesus. But I ain't going nowhere. You got to learn how to stay where you planted. When the storm comes, the tree don't get up and move. Huh? When the wind blow hard and when the winter comes, even if the tree lose all these leaves, it don't get up and go to Florida. Huh? Because it understands that if I pull my roots up, I'm going to die. I might make it two or three steps. <laughs> Some of y'all people on them gummies, y'all... Y'all, it ain't real. I'm just talking. It's a, it's a simile. It's an example. <laughs> because it knows it has to be planted. That's why the Bible says a, 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 a righteous man or woman is like a tree planted beside rivers of living water that yields fruit in its season. Stop trying to leave. It may not be your season, but you still plant it in the right ground. Even when the winter times come, the watermelon may not be there in the winter time, but it's still growing the same place when the spring and summertime come. Stop uprooting yourself and running from stuff when a battle comes your way because you might be leaving your blessing behind. Oh, I'm trying to talk to somebody. Back to my story. He had to endure hurt and pain and betrayal. You know what I'm saying? But it's something about when you go through hell and people see it. <laughs> yeah. It's something about when you go through hell and people see it and you make it through that give you all the more credibility. See, some of y'all mad about the stuff you went through, but what if David never had to fight Goliath? He never would have got the notoriety that he got. Every now and then, God will put a Goliath in your path so you can kill it, so people can say, oh, I see the anointing in that person. They didn't know who you were until they saw you going through hell. In fact, it might have been a trap they set for you themselves, and when they saw you walking on that serpent, walking through that. Oh, y'all don't hear me. It gave you credibility. Stop getting mad when hell comes against you. It's just your proving ground. Jesus already told you you won. He already told you he fought the good fight and beat the devil for you. He already said there's tribulation in the world, but he handled it for you. So walk in your power and understand that you can't lose with the stuff Jesus gave you to use. 
Lord, have mercy. The enemy will use anything he can to distract you and move us out of God's will of our lives. Hurt and offense are his primary tactics. While hurt is inevitable, so is healing. William Shakespeare said, how poor are they that have no patience? What wound did ever heal but by degrees? It ain't going to heal overnight. You just got to keep walking it out. And trust God that he will heal your wounds. Many times we arrive at a place God has called us to. We think we miss it if we don't see the blessings immediately. Like I told you, if you plant a seed, you ain't going to see the blessing immediately. You keep digging up. Let me see if the apple grew. Oh, no, let me come back up. It's never going to grow because you keep digging it up. See, see, <clears throat> that's when you really got to get rooted in the Word, in the word and understand you got to remain focused, diligent, and confident in God's Word no matter what. Although the road may be bumpy along the way, we will see the rewards if we refuse to quit on God. He said he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the author and the finisher. He didn't say anything about the in-between times. You got to walk it out and you got to keep pressing toward the mark of his holy call. If you keep going and faint not, you shall be victorious. Trust that he will empower you to overcome your enemies. Trust him. Look at this. But the thing about it, you got to know you're in the right place. When you know you're in the right place, it don't matter. I knew I was in the right place when I went through hell at the other building. <laughs> I knew I was in the right place, though. <laughs> I knew I was. was a, see, when you know where you're supposed to be, you will be all right. The rain going to fall on the just and the unjust alike. The difference is, if you know you where you're supposed to be, you ain't worried about the storm. It might worry you a little bit because you, you human. Come on, somebody. But you already know that this too shall pass, and I shall be an overcomer. Yeah. Yeah. Look here. Another person who followed. Uh, man, I'm going to get y'all out by 930, I think. Another person who followed the leading of the Holy Spirit to fulfill the will of God was Abraham. His thinking was limited. And God knew Abraham wasn't going to be able to fulfill his will for his life by remaining in the land where his relatives were. So God began to speak to Abraham so he could lead him to a place where he could bless him and begin a relationship. God wanted Abraham to be able to trust him, but it could not happen as long as his thinking was being shaped by his family and culture. Now, I ain't talking about your family, but review it. <laughs> Just to make sure you're not living in a limited mind space like Abraham was. I'm just saying. Just inspect. Just, 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 just look. I'm sure your family think it is great, but just review it. <laughs> see, see. God wanted Abraham to be able to trust him, and he knew he couldn't do it. Although Abraham didn't know God, in fact, Abraham was a moon worshiper. But God still made a covenant with him. He was a moon worshiper. He worshiped the moon. 
I ain't going to let no moon worshiper be more blessed than me. I'm just letting that marinate. God calls, see, that's why you got to stop judging folk and letting folk judge you. God went and got a moon worshiper in Abraham, and Abraham is not only known in Christianity, he's known in Islam and in the Jewish tradition because he did so much under the auspices and faith of God. He listened to God and went where God told him to go and showed so much faith that God respected him even though he was a moon worshiper before he came to Christ. I don't know if you was a moon worshiper, worshiping in the moonlight, dancing on a pole. I don't know what you was doing in your life, but all I know is God can call you out of your mess and use you how he want to use you. Don't you worry about what you used to be and how you used to be. It don't matter where you from. It's where you at, baby. It's where God has brought me from. I know I don't live the way I'm supposed to live, but I don't live the way I used to. Jesus. I'm going to read the verse, calm myself down. Genesis 12, 1 through 4 says, Now the Lord has said unto Abram, See, this is why God is so powerful. Because Abraham, when always Abraham, his name used to be Abram. But because God wanted him to start calling himself what he's supposed to be, he named him Abraham. Abraham means father of many nations. Come on, somebody. That's what Abraham means. Abram don't mean nothing too much, but when you put the hum on it, it means father of many nations. And then he said, Sarah, I'm going to tell your name to Sarah, because Sarah means mother of princes and King, can I tell you something? Don't hang around people that don't call you what God calls you. Hang around people. Don't hang around people that don't call. If you ain't calling me pastor, if you ain't calling me something, God has called me to be apostle, bishop, or something, even though I don't want a lot of them titles anyway. But if you ain't, if you calling me something beneath what God has called me, I can't be around you. Because if God loves me enough and he sees the stuff you don't even see, if he loves me enough to call me father, of many nations, you better love me the same way or get out of my house. Let me read this verse. Get thee. Now the Lord said to Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house and to a land that I will show thee and I will make thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old and he, when he departed out. Can I talk to the mature adult? He was 75 when God gave him a new mission. You better go get your Bengay out and go get your arthritis medicine and begin to do what God has called you to do. If you're still here, God has a purpose for you. I don't care if you're 17, 75, or 89. If you're still here, God want to use you. He was 75. He didn't even have a car. He didn't have a walker. All he had to do was walk with his feet with sandals on and go what God called him to do. You got a Cadillac. You got a Maserati. You got a Benz. You got a Plymouth. You got some type of transportation. If Abraham 
can do it at 75 with no car, with no computer, with no grandchildren, with no children. Surely whatever God called you to do at 75 right now, you can still do. When God's words, I feel cogent today. <laughs> when God's word were backed by a sworn oath, Abraham moved away from what was familiar to him and began a new life in another place. Trusting God comes when we develop a personal relationship with him and allow his word to govern our lives. Then when we seek him for direction, we can be confident that he will lead us exactly where we need to flourish and draw others to him through the blessing on our lives. See, everyone want to be in the right place so he or she can be blessed and every need met. However, God's agenda for blessing is never limited to one person. The ability God put on man to prosper was not just for him, but also for the benefit of future generations. As a result of Abraham's obedience, you and I are able to partake of the blessing today. Whenever God gives us something, whether it is a gift, an ability, or a talent, he requires us to use that, what we have, to bless others in some capacity. Right? For example, if you have been privileged to partake of this blessing today, whenever God gives you us something, whether it is a gift, an ability, or a talent, he wants us to bless others, right? He wants us to bless others. See, if you get a word from church and the word is good to you, tell somebody else. Don't try to hoard and say, I'm going to be better than everybody else. When you find a blessing, try to bless everybody else because true knowledge and when, see, it's a true blessing when you bless other people because when you bless other people, God going to bless you. And just like a boomerang, it's going to come back to you, but it's going to come back to you pressed down, shaking together, and running over. When, when you give something, God always gives it back to you bigger. When you give away something, God always brings it back multiplied. When you give something to somebody, God will always send somebody to bless you even bigger than you bless that person. Because, oh, y'all don't hear me, all generations will be blessed through this covenant because he knows when you have the blessing on you, he wants you to pass the blessing to somebody else. See, God has been chastising me, and I've been preaching about life more abundantly all this time because for so long I was scared to preach on prosperity because every time I preach it, the, the goons come out on Facebook, and some of them used to come out at 326, but at least they don't come to 361. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you can't be afraid to do what God called you to do, and you have to share that knowledge you got. I can't walk around here prosperous and you broke. If you choose to be broke after all this teaching, that's on you. I'm like Pontius Pilate, I wash my hands of thee. I done taught you what I know now. You better go walk in it and stop getting scared by them people that's writing on my wall. For real. See, let me get out of here and give y'all these steps. I'm about to get to them, Brother Justin. Once you find out where God wants you to be, 
Here are some practical steps to consider as you choose a specific area and home. While applying these practical steps, continue to communicate with the Holy Spirit. And definitely allow peace to rule in your heart as you make decisions to move forward with your plans. All right? Number one, visit the city. If you got to relocate, you can't just move that day. It got quiet. I'm just saying, because some people, see, this, you know why I'm teaching this? I'm teaching because we're in an overflowing season. People have stopped me. They don't even go to the church telling me how they listening to it, and they've been getting blessed. Seriously, some of you all have told me how you're getting blessed. So when opportunities come in, sometimes opportunities that's not here that may be bigger to go somewhere else. Sometimes they God, sometimes the devil trying to distract you. And so you got to be able to pay attention. Go visit the city. When I interviewed here and we had to preach uh, four times and do four sermons and four lessons, I said, ooh, I put myself three weeks in a row so I could come in and get to know the city. I said, you know what? Even if these people drive me crazy, I'm a march baby, I like water, I can go to the water and escape all these Negroes. That water over here, water, I'm like, okay, I'll be all right. Let me see, let me see. And even though God, I knew God was moving me, but I still, you still, God still gives you practical steps to, so you can kind of root yourself and understand what can be your safe haven. And I said, you know what? The water close enough. I don't, I would, I don't want to live too far away. I'd rather live close by the church because I want to be able to be in the proximity of where the ministry is. So I visited the city, you know what I'm saying? I, in, 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 I didn't even know I was going to get the job, but God had me here to make sure I understood how the city worked. You got to visit the city. Find out about the culture, about the city. If you're a small-town person, you might not want to move to New York. I'm just saying. Now, if God tell you to go, you got to go. Number two, don't forget the budget properly. Right? You got to calculate the expenses. Hold on. How the hell costs a little bit more than there and there? Okay. Okay. The woman said, now nah, I can take it. Hey, you might want to raise it up just a little bit more because yo, yo, your cost is a little bit more. You got you to gotta, you gotta calculate the cost. That, that helps you negotiate your contracts. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so they, if they pay you the same in one city and calling you and saying, if, if, if you can make, pay 80 here, you better get paid 150 if you go to California. You understand? You got to calculate the cost. And I know this practical stuff, but I realized when some people came to me about some simple stuff on my sermon, I said, oh my God, I need to teach this. Number three, choose your surroundings wisely, right? Don't, 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 you know, I, I know sometimes you get a bigger house for less money in some places, but, you know, don't go where they always shoot fireworks. Yeah. You know what I mean, eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Understand your surroundings. Choose your surroundings wisely. See where it is you want to be. And God will bring you peace. If you don't ever feel a peace in you, even when, see, can I tell you something? You can be scared and still have peace. So you got you to gotta be able to discern the difference. I was scared moving here, but I had peace. I was scared because I had a year of probation. <laughs> I was scared because I had never passed it before. <clears throat> I was scared because I moved here and didn't know nobody else. But I had a peace that I knew God was calling me here. So let me help you. There's a difference between peace and fear. All right? 
So you can still have peace and still be like, I don't know, because really that's good that you scared a little bit because it shows you humble. You understand that, God, if you don't help me out of this, I ain't going to make it. Sometimes when people too confident, they be messing up. Have you ever heard somebody that was way confident and you be like, wow, they were real confident, but they really didn't do good at all? Because they keep depending on themselves. When you're overly confident, you're saying, I can do everything without you, God. But every now and then, you need some nervousness in your life. Number four, don't rush. Relocating is not a decision you should make overnight. Making a decision in a rush can lead you to a place you don't want to be. Don't be like Lot. Lot saw how good it looked, and he moved right there, but it was not what God wanted him to be. Again, if God tells you to go to a specific place, you will have to go. But if you have some flexibility, consider choosing a place in which you will feel the most comfortable. Let me ask you this today, and I'm going to leave. This is our, our, our question. The question I want to ask you today is, you to ask yourself, am I where I'm supposed to be? Make an honest assessment of your life. Write down the reasons you know God has brought you to the place you are now. If you discover you are not where God wants you to be, don't beat yourself up. Simply make the adjustment, though. Pray and ask God to direct you to the city, state, country, or church that will enable you to grow, serve, and experience the good life he has planned for you. Nobody knows your life or purpose like God. He knows what you're supposed to be doing and where when and how you're supposed to be doing it. Listen to his voice, and he will lead you there. There's a place called there where God wants you to be. There could be New Beach Grove. There could be First Baptist Denby. There could be Newport News. There could be Hampton. But there is a place that you hear God in your heart, and he will lead you into all truth, and make sure he takes you to a place of prosperity. Why? Because he said he will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And through this covenant, everybody will be blessed through you. You are a blessing. You have the blessing on your life. God has anointed you to prosper because he anointed you to help other people prosper. You understand? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He did not give you a spirit of fear, but a power and a sound mind. He wants you to prosper and teach other people to prosper. And because of the covenant that you have with him, he's going to continue to increase you so you can help increase others. But I can talk about increase all out until I'm blue in the face. But if you don't have a covenant with Jesus Christ, you cannot walk in this prosperity that I'm talking about. You cannot walk in this peace that I'm talking about. Because the peace is only when you have the Holy Spirit within you. And the only way you can receive the Holy Spirit to be magnified in your life is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. 